The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick. This is Gone by Lunchtime. My name is Toby Manhire. There are 56 hours or so to go until polling starts. Um, Annabelle Lee, nice to see you. How are you? Very pregnant. Um, 56 hours to go or more or less? Uh, Slightly more than that, but not much more. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's all coming together nicely. Um, You've got a Hui special on Sunday morning. We, we were just do. talking about. May as well give it a little plug. Yes, Hui special, one hour election special, mm. nine a.m. to ten a.m. just before our treaty partners on the nation. Very good, very good. Ben Thomas, welcome. How are you? I'm I'm good. Ben Thomas is from Excelsior. You'll have a whole fresh crop of uh, MPs to um, lobby soon in fifty something hours. Yeah, that's right. A lot of flashcards. Mm. A lot of photographs to memorise. <laughs> <laughs> what a session. What a session. No, no more being indifferent or rude to people that you don't recognise in the Corrie Lounge. Damn it. Um, it's exciting times. Last night we had the final debate. Mm. Uh, TVNZ once again, uh, Jacinda Ardern and Bill English and Mike Hosking sitting around an enormous oh, ashtray. Yes, like, like the big, ones that you have in the pub, like the a pub, Peter old school, old school Peter Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's um, quite a beautiful thing. You could almost pick up Mike Hosking between your fingers and ash him out in the middle. Yeah. Um, uh, the it felt, felt a bit flat to me. It felt a bit like it's hard to know whether one is projecting in these things, but it felt sort of a bit fatigued. Mm, I imagine. They would be fatigued at this stage of the election. But Mm. what I really liked was the seated format. Yes. And having them in close, having Bill having to look at Jacinda into her beautiful blue eyes. Um, I think it really changed the dynamic. Look me in the eye, she He he seemed to have a lot of... um, Look me in the eye. He seemed to be looking anywhere except there. He's done that all the way through. There were a lot of amazing close-ups of Bill just sort of smiling to someone in the distance or his eyes darting around. I really would have liked to see, um, you know how in the Hillary-Trump debates they had that split screen? Mm. So they showed reaction while Mm. the other person was They did split screen in the first TVNZ debate, I think, when I watched back. You're absolutely right, Ben. He really struggled in that in that setting I thought and often when the camera would cut away to him there was a lot of awkward things happening in terms of his eye line he really didn't know where to look and then like you say there'd be these awkward smiles off camera and I thought that was quite telling because I think he is um, quite an honest upfront person and I think some of the Mm. lines he was having to run last night even he was struggling to spit them out with a straight face to her face. You could write, someone should write a thesis on the 
eye contact, eye direction, sight lines of Bill English in the election 2017. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I mean, you, you watched the News Hub one in the flesh, didn't you? Um, I did. And I, I mean, I saw the, I, I was there last night, but they didn't have any studio audience. I watched the first, first TVNZ one in the flesh, and it was, it was striking just how little Bill English's eyes gazed over in any sense at, at his opponent and it, I mean I presumably that's part of the coaching that it's kind of don't don't get don't don't get lost into a direct keep it straight ahead also I noticed in his interview with Corin Dan on Q&A there was a sort of amazing moment and it's easy to overstate this but when Dan challenged him on the the fiscal hole lines and stuff he sort of stared directly at Corin Dan's notes on his lap you know there was a kind of those sort of eye line I mean you know yeah interesting. it is they're quite telling I think and what was interesting too is as the debate went on last night and it became more and more heated the less he struggled to look at her the more kind of worked up and impassioned he became then he started to kind of eyeball her a bit more mm. Mm. Um, would anyone have changed their mind do you think Ben based on last night how did it play to you? I thought they had a great opportunity. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the viewing figures were for last night, but the previous um, TV debates in primetime had gotten about a million viewers each. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've seen those early voting figures where we'd probably expect, what, sort of around 100,000 people maybe to vote today. Um, so oh, there more was, than that, I just think. So there was, there was definitely a lot to play for last night. Um, I, you know, I, I still feel like there is a bit of softness in that centre vote between National and Labour. Obviously the polls are moving around a lot now. We don't know whether that's the methodology of the polls or whether it does actually indicate that people are undecided. But just anecdotally, still a lot of people don't seem to know which way they're going. Mm. Um, so I think there was a there was a good chance to pick up votes last night and I don't think either leader uh, took it at all. Um, in a way... That would have suited English better than Ardern, though, I guess, when you think about that poll, which we'll come to in a moment. I mean, didn't did, did Jacinda Ardern have to do something big last night? Did she, didn't, didn't she have to... I mean, God, I can't bear the fucking boxing analogies, but didn't she have to... Land a, land a, land a, blow, a knockout blow. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't like those analogies for a debate because... They, they, they presuppose that you can do that in a mm-hmm. debate. That now, that if, if, if yeah. we, if you, because, you know, look, that is a metaphor. You can't literally knock someone out in a debate. Um, if well, you did, you'd presumably be disqualified, depending you, on the House rules. Arrested. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like, you know, if you, if you think again back to those um, American debates um, between Trump and Clinton, you know, people said, ah, oh, Clinton failed to land a knockout blow. I mean, Trump acted in the most peculiar way. By any standard of, you know, a fourth-form debating competition, Trump lost. You know, sure. comprehensively, he knew less, he acted more erratically. Sure. And people said, well, it was a bit of a draw because she didn't land the knockout blow. So, I mean, I, th- I think we've pumped up the expectations of what somebody actually can achieve in one of these things. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of leaving somebody floundering like a stunned mullet or, you know, gasping for breath mm. or speech. Surely you'd flounder like a stunned flounder, wouldn't you? I mean, that... No, no, no that's why it's so bad. Right. The flounder, the flounder like forgets where it is and, you being know... Being a different fish. Yeah, yeah. Totally loses its sense of self in the barrage of policy <laughs> attacks. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I think you're right, Ben. What... What she needed to do last night was to pick apart 
um, some of those fallacies like the income tax being raised and the $11 billion hole. And she did that, but did she do it well enough? I'm not sure. I think think there were times, you know, uh, there was a reference to it last night on the Spinoff's blog about Bill, you're being mischievous. Well, actually... That's a massive understatement, and I think that was a bit of a lost opportunity to actually call bullshit. And she said at one point, it's not fair, which, yeah. which, which yeah. doesn't made seem me like cringe. a great choice of words. I mean, yeah. I kind of think she's she's right, actually. I mean, I, I, I don't, it, it doesn't... I well, mean, she it, is right, yeah, but well, she needed to, to be that, more assertive but, and more blunt. And, she, you know, she did say this is not... You know, I mean, mm. I mean there was a lot of that language. It's, it's just that, you know... I mean, she did, though, we're talking about... She said, look me in the eye, you know? Yeah, that was but struck- the, no. Um, see, but I, th- I think was, that was a mistake as well. You think that because, was a mistake too? Yeah, because she first, like, like you said, she said it's mischievous, which first of all suggests they're being kind of playful. You know, this is all just a bit of fun and games. Right. Then she said, you know, th- this is being unfair. Now, as soon as you start appealing to fairness, mm. you're, you're basically asking for the ref to step in and stop the fight. And and what it is, it's an appeal from a weaker party to a stronger party, um, and. You know that that's that's the worst way to position yourself if you want to be the prime minister of this country, and 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 when she said you know look me in the eye and tell me that she's making a request of Bill English, oh, she's so asking thought, him to yeah. come clean, and if he and if he doesn't as he didn't, he just doubled down. He repeated the mischievous, you know, and look, I've used I've used the phrase mischievous to describe the national um, tax attacks. Mischievous. The word is mischievous. Mischievous. Sorry. Uh, Mischievous <laughs> sounds cooler though yes, But in any case I disagree Ben I think that worked really well And that he gave himself away in that bit Where when she said look at me and tell me Because he looked sheepish And then he sp- smiled And then he sort of sputtered it out But that, but what was missing was was a follow up. So he uh, said, was a follow up blow to say, you know mischie- As you say Appealing to people's sense of fairness Is not, you know is not a strong way of addressing that issue. She should have said, she should have called him out a bit more bluntly, I think. So the, the, in response <clears> to that, the look me in the eye, he said, um, well, people look will my, agree there's a... <laughs> look at my ball. <laughs> That's how I would have done it. Everyone agrees there ball. was a hole. Look at me, <laughs> look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. Look at my ball. Um... He said, everyone agrees there's a hole. Everyone agrees there's a hole. Everyone. Everyone. I I know um, what's the phrase, l'esprit d'escalier and all that, but, you know, if you then go, oh, so suddenly we've just got a hole. It began at 11.7 billion. Now you're saying this. Now you're saying, you know, I mean, Mm. we just can't. And then I don't know what you do. What do you say? You know, New Zealanders will see through this transparent. Yeah, what, what, what you say is you're lying and you're lying because you're desperate. Mm. But that she could have used that shot that Madeline had on, on her screen grab like that, like that hole. Mad Chapman. Chapman sitting over there drawing a picture um, while intently listening to our sound levels. What she's, are you drawing, Matt? She's doing a portrait of me. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Um, um, we'll be auctioning that for charity in the great <laughs> spin-off. Uh, Into the World Charity uh, later in the year. What, what, what about that poll? Because that, like the first TVNZ debate, it kind of sucked the air out of the room a bit. It, um, it was an amazing poll. <laughs> Again, we've talked a lot about polls. We've got very few of them to cling to. More polls um, than a strip club. We do. Um, yes. Um, the the poll put, the Colmar Blunted poll for One News put the National Party on 46%, which is higher, I just looked this up before, 
than the National Party was in the last Colmar Brunton poll before the election in 2014. Incredibly. So the Bill English National Party, with a few days to go towards the election, is doing better than the John Key National Party with a few, a few days against David Cunliffe. I mean, you know, incredible. Labour 37, uh, the Greens 8, uh, and New Zealand First uh, a, a rather um, tenuous 5. Has the tide gone out for Jacinda Ardern's Labour Party? My instinct is that it's a little bit rogy again. Yeah, it just seems like an incredible bounce back. And as you say, when you compare it to their numbers in 2014, it seems odd. We will have a much better idea. So they were ahead by four points in the last poll, yes. It's a a huge swing from the last poll. I think we'll have a better idea tonight when TV3's one comes out and we'll, we'll see if it's an actual trend or not. Is the dream over? Well, I think she's had a pretty um, bad week with um, Morrinsville, the line that's being run about the income taxes going up, um, the the line about the great rural divide. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't know if you could say the dream is over because they're still um, polling, you know, much, much more than what they were six weeks ago. But she's had a bad week, and perhaps this is a reflection of that. Will she be able to make up ground by Saturday? Who knows? Is it an accurate read of the electorate, or just a little bit roguey? I guess we'll have a better idea tonight when we see the Read Research one come out. The four last polls, which includes the last Read one, the Horizon, and the Roy Morgan poll, uh, which we did hastily last night, just just, just, just uh, fast and dirty, um, averaging out, Put National 42, Labour 39, Green 7.5, New Zealand First 7. Does that feel more like where we are, Ben? What that, do you reckon? that sounds more right to me, mm-hmm. and I think that reflects where the parties think they're at a bit better, I mm-hmm. think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of what Annabelle was saying, I, th- I think that Labour really has been in a defensive crouch for the last week. Yeah. Um, I've been desperately trying to get away from politics and watch internet content on YouTube. Mm. Um, but before every video, um, a pol- party political broadcast comes up for at least eight seconds. Um, Labour, ob- obviously, and National as well, have been spending a lot of money on this stuff. But the, the, what struck me about the Labour ads is the one that I've seen most often is uh, Jacinda saying we recognise that a strong economy is important, that's why we have a fully costed budget where all the money is accounted for that we can pay mm-hmm. and that's not playing to their strengths. Yeah. That's like Sounds intru- defensive. It's, yeah. it's like introducing yourself and saying you know, um, you know, let me assure you I do not cheat on my wife. Um, why, would you, why would you raise that economic credibility as the first question in the mind of somebody who mm. want, just wants to enjoy a cat video? Mm. You want to tell people about how your plans for child poverty, for housing, um, you know, the vision that we actually didn't hear much of last night so, and we haven't heard much so, of in the past So week. the National Party have set the terms of the debate. Yep. And in a, in a way, that's not a new thing. It wouldn't surprise me if that ad had been, you know, in, in, in the script a long time out. I mean, Labour have spent much of the last term trying to kind of ensure, assure, assure voters that they're sound and play against the stereotype. I don't even mention this in the new sub debate. And I, I think know this what you're is trying to do the stereotype yeah. that they're not reliable with the books. And I think this is where her back down on her captain, recalling her captain's call, 
has been a mistake it's because a mistake, it does okay. make her look defensive and I think she should have um, sucked it up and toughed it out because now she is most definitely on the defensive. What do you say to that, Ben? Yeah, I think the fact that they've doubled down um, on on trying to reinforce their economic credibility rather than just saying, yep, look, we've changed the tax policy and we've moved on. Because essentially it's not even a U-turn because they didn't have a policy to begin with. You know, what, what, they, what they said was, we'll just throw everything into the lap of experts after the election, and now they've said, we'll throw everything into the lap of experts and then take it to the polls again, which is actually not a major change. Well, except but except she was saying that, it, you know, things were so dire and mm. so urgent that she reserved the right to enact those changes ASAP. And it kind of reminds me of the old closing the gaps, like when the pressure started to pile on over closing the gaps way back in, was it 1999, Labour immediately buckled and turfed it out. And I think, um, you know, we've seen a little lift again in the Greens and I wonder if it's partly because Mm. of that. Mm. Um, The national strategy, though, which... um, whatever one thinks of it, is, appears to be working, right? It's, and it's, that, that, it's that horrible moment you always have when you realise that Stephen Joyce may have been smarter than you all along. Ah, he's a, I mean, his, his, his record speaks for itself with a few blips like Northland by-election. And but Northland is the only serious blip. It's, it's, yeah. But does it, though? Because he's been the campaign manager during the time that you've had the world's most popular Prime Minister, Prime Minister in the history of planet Earth. Mm. So is it is it really that he is this campaign Jedi master genius, or is it that he happened to be there at a time when, when you know you had the John Key effect, and actually when you look at some of the other stuff that happened, like the Northland by election, it's not that wonderful. Well, I mean, I guess the the what we can probably agree on is that when the fiscal hole was being dug frantically. Um, and it appeared as though um, he and the party were being buried within it. We were all going, oh, Joyce has cocked this one up. And now, with the way the things are moving, the way the trends are developing, it seems to have got it back. I mean, the strategy, though, whether or not it's whether or not the strategy is working is one question, and possibly one that we um, obsess on too much in the world of pundits. There's another question, which is, is it a defensible strategy? And the strategy to some degree, is scare the living shit out of New Zealand about the prospects of the, of the alternative. Now, even if you accept that that door has been left open um, because of the um, flip-flopping on the, the tax policy and the working group and all that, the two, the two, the two most contentious points I would, I would suggest is the fiscal hole, which we talked about, um, came up again in the debate last night, and this point about income taxes which has become almost a semantic argument. Mm. But, you know, that ad, the, 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 the national ad, which is all the taxes coming out of cows' houses and, and glasses mm. of water and orange juice, where it would be like kind of the mini zeros, point zero 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 zero. But still, you know, they can say, yeah, that, that could be there. The income tax point, um, where the argument is that the Labour Party will increase income tax because National Party have already legislated for a tax cut. cut that comes into force April 1 next year. Um, is that legit? Is that legit? What do you guys think? I mean, the, the answer is yes. It is legitimate. The, these are political arguments. Okay, let me ask you another question. I, I, is it true? 
I would not characterize that as a correct representation. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it is right to say that taxes will go up under Labour um, in terms of income tax. Mm. But I think you can make the argument that National is making. It's it's a legitimate argument to make, and it's a, and and Labour you know can rebut it. You know, and and when they talk about, for instance, all of the new taxes that Labour will bring in, you know, when they talk about you know, and they have an arrow pointing to a cow's rear end, and they talk about the fart tax, you know, that's a legitimate argument to make, and it's up to Labour to say actually. The reason, you know, the reason we want to bring in a fart tax is because right now everyone else is paying the, for the cow's mm. farts. You know, the rest of the population is paying for farmers' methane emissions, um, and we think that it's fair that they pay their own way. And most people would agree with that. Yeah. And it's it doesn't help you to just say it's unfair, it's untrue. There's, I mean, Labor earlier this year and last year kept talking about the underfunding of the health system by 1.7 billion dollars, and they talked about. They talked about how National had cut health funding. Now, that's not true in nominal terms, and it's not even true in inflation terms. What it was true was against what Labor had projected they would spend on health. So it's actually the same, they used the same argument that uh, National are now using about tax cuts to talk about National cutting health. So neither of those arguments were, I think, true, but both of them were arguments you are allowed to make and that can be rebutted. And population growth, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Labor said it should be population growth and inflation. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think the problem with Labor is that they've got sucked into being in a, a, a defensive position on these issues instead of um, attacking National over the taxes that they've introduced. And, you know, when you're defensive, you look weak. Or get it away from tax entirely. Keep attacking National on the fact that there are people living in cars, that there are children. I mean, Kirsty Johnston... Nine years, not Kirstie enough, not good. I mean, I was surprised yeah. that I, I sort of felt like, and I don't know whether it was an energy thing, but I felt like in the debate last night, Jacinda Ardern did not sort of... Instead of... It's one thing to sort of draw the passion on the whether or not it's a legitimate attack that's been put to them, but it's kind of... What really matters is this. It's that kind of... It's the, the argument about, about... Talk about priorities, but you need to actually really spell it out. Mm. Nine years, these issues, people in cars, like you're saying, poverty, all these points. Right? See, here's, here's a good example, right, of what I was talking about. Early on in the race, Jacinda was making great gains on child poverty, and that was her key talking point issue. And Bill English seemed to basically diffuse that when he brought in his... <laughs> On Slightly questionable. We discussed 50, this. We discussed this child. before, Ben, and I watched that back again. I genuinely think he came up with that on, on the, the spot. I don't think that that was discussed. I just, I mean, what can I? What do I know? But I just watched it again. I mean, he just went, and and it was probably a good call. I'm not saying yeah. it was bad. You know, sometimes you trust your instincts, and he just went, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it right now." <laughs> but but have you noticed that since he said that, there's been very little discussion of child poverty in the campaign? Exactly, yeah. Mm. It, it I thought one of it. the interesting parts actually was the, the section on health and that he just mm. flip-flopped everywhere on that, like... It's about money, it's not about money, it's about money, it's not about money, it's about money. And even Hosking seemed like he was getting frustrated at that point. And, you know, to say that it's a, an issue of management and all of those kind of things when you've been in government for nine years mm. um, is not good enough. And I thought Hoskins was quite good at challenging him on that. And I think um, Ardern needed to come in a bit stronger there as well. I mean, I never thought I'd say this as a political watcher, but... 
if anything, she's underdoing the nine long years fallback mm. line that yeah. you always have. Yeah. Um, because look, Bill English, Bill English will never fail to rattle off an extremely long and impressive sounding list of government projects, spending areas, funds. Um, you know, he knows this stuff inside out. He knows everything that's being done. He knows about the incremental gains being made all across the country. He's a very thoughtful guy. You know, he does have, you know, air quotes, vision around this stuff. But it's up to, it's up to the opposition to then say, well, then why are houses still a million dollars in Auckland? Then mm. why do we still mm. have 20, chil- uh, 20 children dying of malnutrition? You know, and those are the arguments she needs to make, and she can't just sort of appeal to some referee in the sky mm. um, saying it's unfair. New Zealand First. Uh, Who? Sorry? Uh, New Zealand First. Oh. Uh, Winston Peters, mm. uh, the Peter Pan of New Zealand politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that Colmar Brunton poll, 4.9. Now, I suppose they tend to do better on election day than they have in polls in the, in the past. But things are different for them. They also tend to go up in election campaigns. They don't go down. I mean, I was looking at that uh, poll from um, from the similar uh, distance to the election in 2014, and that poll, New Zealand First, are on 8.1, you know. So they've gone up 1.1. Now, these are all just one poll, one data point, so we don't want <coughs> to overdo it. Oh, United Future on zero in that poll. We haven't talked much about United Future. We'll have a special podcast to, devoted to United Future um, sometime in the coming years. Where, where is United Future's uh, election night party? Um, probably at Damien's house, I guess. Um, maybe just on the porch. Will, will the spin-off have anyone covering that? Um, I hope so. You, um, if, you've, if you're free. What are you doing on election night? You're going to some social media I don't, I don't chat know. at yeah, TVNZ. Not, yeah, um, not confirmed. We're having a party up at the spin-off. Um, and Madeline has suggested that I come dressed as a hole. Um, what are you coming as, Matt? A landline. Matt's coming <laughs> as a landline. <laughs> uh, just to none of these millennials Madeline will know as what you're dressed as. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like being invisible to the millennials up in like the spinoff, isn't it? Like we were talking about New Zealand first, weren't we? Um, and how they just seem to have kind of uh, just evaporated a bit hasn't mm. really they've never really caught maybe the th- maybe it hasn't landed for them in the way it could maybe running out of steam generally I don't know Do, it feels to me as though they are at risk of falling out of parliament mm. if I've said it once I'll say it again it's a drag race and I think that's what we're saying here interesting <laughs> interesting choice of phrase there <clears throat> I think it's a been working on that a long it's time it's a neck, neck and neck two horse drag race on a knife edge I, I think it's a, a drag race to reach Winston Peters at the end oh. for him to then declare a winner. Right. But he's holding the kind of checkered flag. Yeah, right? but it may turn out like he was a MacGuffin all along and he's not even there when they reach the finish line. Oh. Um, well, there haven't been any polls in Northland. No. Which is interesting. Um, which is That's a very important seat. I mean, you would think that New Zealand First will have some sense of it. I mean, Winston spent a lot of time in the early part of the campaign up there. Yeah, and he's, he's been thing. kind of MIA everywhere since then. He's uh, been around. Um, uh, he's been, he, he was, was on in, the Straight Talk Express he was in, yesterday. He was in Ashburton yesterday yeah. at the race course, at the pub near the race course. But um, he, he Rock, shooed, Knocking out the lines about Pepsi and Cola and... <laughs> The whole. He was on my FM this morning. Right. 
Um, but it just hasn't happened. I mean, weird decision not to go on the debates, I thought. Like, I mean, on the first debate, you know, the first minor multi-party, whatever you want to call it, the one that Lisa Rowan did a very good job with, he did the usual, um, haven't decided yet, then didn't show up. And in a way I could understand that because at that point he was polling much higher than the other parties mm. and there was a kind of, I'm not going to, it's undignified to get involved in this sort of scrap. But then the next one, the TVNZ one, which Corin Dan um, fronted, he did a similar thing and then pretended that he had misunderstood that, that, that they had given him assurances that Labour and National claimed that they'd given you know blah 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 that he wasn't going to turn up Labour and National went there at that point he could have he could have really made some noise there yeah. you know they were all and he didn't go and you go thinking why I imagine he'll be regretting that now um, perhaps because he didn't want to be challenged and have to provide detail about some of his policies potentially. Um, and definitely, I think a lot of what you mentioned before, almost an attitude, like a bit of a superiority complex, didn't want to be seen to be rolling around in the mud with um, Gareth Morgan and yeah. the Greens yeah. and so on. But I think, um, uh, you know, potentially that's been a mistake on his part because his profile seems to have really fizzled over the last... Um, few weeks and we've seen nothing of anyone else like there's been a little bit of stuff about Shane but you know Rod and Mark and those guys have been almost Has that, I mean, Shane, Shane Jones doesn't I mean I, I mean I mean he he, <clears> he he disapproved of the spin-off debate it was urban liberals and all that but he just didn't he sort of he looked for about five minutes he looked like the Shane Jones that everyone is familiar with with his kind of grandiloquent pro you know mm. rhetoric and all that and then he just went oh fuck I don't get all the attention and slumped back in his seat and didn't he didn't doesn't really look very hungry to be know? fair that's basically his entire career I mean I, I'm not sure that anyone really gets more than five minutes mm. of the Shane Jones that you know we all think we know and love um you know and, and that's, I mean, in a way, that's a bit of a narrative for New Zealand First in general, isn't it? We haven't done a podcast since Winston Peters' amazing interview with Guy and Espiner on Radio And New that Zealand. was really interesting because why would you turn down the opportunity to go on a debate where you get to knock out some quick zingers and make a bit of noise and stomp your feet and then take part in a 25-minute long-form interview with on. one of the very best, if not the best, political interviewer in New Zealand? That was an amazing, amazing interview. My my favourite part was when he sent a staffer out to his car to get, the to, to get a letter proving that he had not been sacked as a it minister was, by it was, Helen Clark. You mentioned McGuffins before, but it was it was a brilliant bit of plotting for a one act play, and that early in the piece you send a staffer out to the car to the boot to go and get a piece of paper, and that keeps you engaged for the, you know like <laughs> theatrically it was amazing, and there was the bit about grandmothers who would know. What basic food, you know, the, the grandmother. Right, his text working group the, the would the be a group of grandmothers. Ancient artifacts from the boot of the car. What else is in this car, the boot of his car? It's like that down the back of the chair story the wine by box. Margaret Mahi. You know, the wine, <clears throat> the wine, wine box. boxes in the boot. Owen Glenn's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of racehorses. Yeah. <laughs> a carton of Dunhill. Yeah. I but, mean, but, some carters. <laughs> some scampi on ice in a chili bin. <laughs> Yeah, it was a strange decision. But uh, uh, do, do you get that feeling that, you know, a lot's been talked about in terms of the bribes and the lolly scramble and the drag race. Mm. I get the feeling that outside of Bill English, who has been doing this for nine years now and is basically across everything that the government and the civil service is up to, 
Um, I don't think that any of the party leaders can sustain a 20-minute interview, or let alone a 40-minute interview or debate. I, 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 th- I think that you know your point about the you know the child poverty thing being come up with off the top of um, English's head in the debate is probably true, and I think that's been much of the campaign. I think people are you know I, even though it has actually been a remarkably policy-focused um, campaign, I think most of this policy is pretty insubstantial and doesn't really hold up to a lot of um, scrutiny. Yeah, you're right. But then on the flip side, all of them have struggled in those interviews, including Bill, because while he might be right across the detail in terms of policy in a way that Jacinda is not yet, um, to be fair, she's you know, he's got, had a massive head start on her, or Winston. Um, where he really struggled in those interviews was when Guyon was asking him things about his values, like, you know, flip-flopping on the issue of um, same-sex marriage and getting rid of the Māori seats and those sorts of things. So, you know, while he's excellent on policy detail, when it just comes to talking about his own values and having some of them challenged, that's where you really see him struggle. Um, let's, let's do some predictions. As everyone knows, pundits around the world, like pollsters, um, are universally respected and mm. usually correct in their predictions of events that will happen um, <coughs> in, in politics. And for that reason, I would like to... I've, I've pulled up the, um, the MMP calculator on the Electoral Commission site, and there's that androgynous orange figure there pointing me to the calculator. Waitingforelections.org.nz Let me just see if I can... You might need to edit some of this out. You edit all of it out. Should we go back? Kill it. Actually, let's just pause for a sec. And we're back. Uh, we've used the um, Electoral Commission calculator to work out what we think are, um, are predictions which are all absolutely guaranteed to be correct. Ben, what, are you, what did you end up with? I th- well, from the calculator, I ended up with National 52, Labour 50 seats, the Greens in New Zealand first, eight each, Māori 2, Act 1 or 2. Right. Which would leave New Zealand first as Kingmaker, probably? Would leave New Zealand first Kingmaker by themselves with the Nats. Okay. Uh, well, actually, no. That, that, see, this result doesn't, doesn't seem quite right because that would, leave, that would leave neither party able to form a two-party coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd need New Zealand first plus others, which doesn't, doesn't strike me as quite intuitively right, so I might have to go and look back at my numbers again. Yeah, it's perfectly plausible, um, perfectly plausible. And definitely correct. But yeah, but I think I, th- I, th- I think the the key thing is that we won't probably know who the government is on the night. I think that's a good point. There's a there's a, um, a high likelihood that there will specials will come into play more than normal. And I know this because I had a conversation with the, some of the electoral commission yesterday um, about the advance votes where someone goes in and rolls at the same time as they vote mm. are not going to be counted on the day. So mm. they have changed the rules. Parliament, I think, changed the legislation that means that they can start counting advance votes on the morning of September the 23rd. So on Saturday morning, while those of us who vote on the day go to vote, there will be people counting the advance votes, which already number how many are there so far? I mean, uh, 
674,000, right? So there were 717,000 last time. There've already been 674,000 with 50 something hours to go, you know, so it's gonna get, it's gonna get up high. Those votes will be counted. But the people who in the last week and a half or so who have gone and enrolled at the same time as they have voted, vote. or in the yeah. same, same, you know, uh, burst, they, their votes will not be counted. So their votes will not be counted until specials. Specials, they will be their special votes rather than early votes. And those votes you would expect to skew towards the centre left, um, because the new enrolments and that's what the numbers tell us. Um, so there's every likelihood, <coughs> a reasonable likelihood that 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 you could see if it's close, that you could see them coming back. It's also a reasonable li- possibility that if the Greens uh, there or thereabouts five, that specials could be crucial. Yeah, although I think probably important to note both the polls that we're looking at now, and I, th- I would assume our predictions, we, we're taking into account. We're, we're thinking about the final result. That's not, what. That's not what. The yes. Preliminary yes, absolutely, result. absolutely. And that, but that so preliminary result. I had an result. argument with Mike Williams about this, where he sort of said the Greens would, you know, would poll better than they are now on the night because of special votes. But of course, you know, polling. Polling them, you know, by the the firms doesn't actually distinguish between you know when when your vote is counted. I think we're assuming that we're thinking about talking about a final result rather yeah. than mm-hmm. polling for a preliminary uh, result. But 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 certainly it's going to be interesting. The other the other thing, um, sorry, we'll come to Annabelle's prediction in a second. The other thing um, for people watching the election, whether it's um, on News Hub or uh, Ben Thomas's social media coverage. Um, or the spin-off, which will be, we'll be having, a, as I mentioned, our party, and we'll be doing a few pieces, knocking them out through the night in the Facebook Live as well, is that the results are going to come really fast. We're going to have, approaching somewhere near half of the votes are going to come in within the first 10 minutes, potentially, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, they'll start loading them in immediately in the different different booths. And so it'll just go, it'll be like kind of accelerated, which is sad in a way, because part of the theatre of election night mm. is watching the people talking heads filling space. That's right. Um, and I sort of feel sad that we won't get that, because they'll be on air, and then boom. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean we're all going to be off air by and in bed by 8.30, all cup of tea? And depends how close it is. Yeah. Depends how close it is. And there's the seats that kind of come back and forth with a few, you know, the Māori seats especially, um, which take longer because they cover such a big Wide area. Range. Mm. Um, Taitokiro was great last time because, it, you know, Honi mm. was ahead, then Calvin was ahead, then Honi was ahead, then Calvin was ahead, and then the rest is history. And, I mean, I guess if those early results show that New Zealand First are hovering around the 5%, um, or the Greens are hovering around the 5%, um, then that becomes... Then, then it starts getting important later in the night as to whether Winston has won... Northland, mm-hmm. um, and and what specials will mean because specials do tend to bring the greens up basically to where yeah. they should have been. Yeah, and then we've got the the, the if if it is super tight around that area, there's also the possibility of a of a a, a full recount, which would take uh, two or three days uh, at least um, versus doing electric. But it would need to be super close for that to come to be. Annabelle Lee. Mine are just like Ben's, basically, except a little bit of wiggle room between the Greens and New Zealand first. Why don't I do the Māori seats? Why don't you read us what you've got first? Okay, I've got National 52, Labour 49, Greens 9, New Zealand first 8, Māori Party Erua, Tokorua Ngata Ngata, and Act 1. 
So what is that? What is that? Oh, you've got. I failed school CMS. So I don't know what any of it means. So you're, it's a problem. You're very similar. Very similar to Ben Thomas. We have a convergence. We have a convergence. So, so yes, but my Maori Party ones are different, though. They're made up of two different people. Well, tell us about that. Lead us into your. You you're going to say that you think that I mean, surely I, Te Uruua is safe. I think Te Uruua is safe, but just. Going back on what happened in 2014, I'm just trying to spice things up here, people. I'm yeah. trying to make it a bit sexy yeah. and yeah. not so predictable. What I think potentially might happen is what happened in 2014, where we see the Māori Party's Te Taihauauru candidate polling ahead, but then on election day, um, Adrian Rudafe took it out. I think mm. we might see that again this year, mm. but I think they might get enough party vote to get Marama Davidson, uh, Fox, back over the line. So we may see um, Marama, another Marama and Te Ururua combo yeah. again. Of course, if, um, if Howie um, does win Te Taihauaru, it's more than likely lights out for Marama Fox. Um, she's number one on the list now. She's which number is one on the list. Because if, 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 Tamati, if Howie Tamati were to win and Te Ruroa, for some reason, collapsed, then she would go in ahead That's of him right. on that. Um, uh, my, my prediction is National 58 seats, Labour 51 seats, Greens 8 seats, Māori Party 3 seats, Ooh. Act 1 seat, New Zealand First Gomberger. Wow, wouldn't that be exciting? That would be an exciting result. It would be interesting. It would be very interesting. Probably wrong, but... Imagine if that were to happen. Well, it's happened before, hasn't it? It has happened before. It's happened before. It happened in 2011. Sounds like a picture of the shiny, trousered Wellington fart blossom. It also happened in in 2002, sort of, because, was it 2002, where New Zealand first went under the threshold, but because... 99. 99, rather, and and Winston Peters held on to Tauranga. So they did drop under the five at that point, too. Um, Do you think... Has anyone got any final thoughts before we sail off into the unknown? Do you think there is time? My last thought is, there's been a lot of things happen in this election... I think that it's been broadly... You touched on this, Ben. I think it's been a broadly decent, as far as elections go. There's been policy discussion, some stuff that's savoury, some less so, but compared to 2014, people have talked about issues. People do have, as uh, Bill English reminds us, a clear choice. Um, But we haven't had any sort of jolts and surprises. I think that with 50 hours to go, there is still one more surprise. One last... One... Kipkim.com One still has surprise. 4.3 terabytes of emails, yeah. doesn't he? He's going to oh. he's going to parachute in, he's carrying a hard drive on his back, and upload it into um, the CBD of Auckland. It's all going to come up on the screens, you know, those big screens, <laughs> mm. and, square, and it's and we'll yeah. get the truth. We will see it. Yeah. Um, Annabelle, what's your um, thoughts to leave us with? My thoughts is that um, it was disappointing to see. The Bill English statement came out this week about how he has no plans to return to Waitangi. Mm. Um, I, I would have thought at this point of the election he'd have slightly bigger issues to worry about. Mm. So it was a shame to see that that old chestnut get wheeled out again. Hey, and before we go, also a little word <clears> on Mitiria Ture, who, who um, is very unlikely to be back in Parliament. 
um, she's just standing in her seat in Te Tatonga. Um, we will be with Matidia on election night. Our reporter, Dewa Harriman, is going to report from Matidia's shindig that evening. So we will um, have her um, response to the results on Sunday morning on our programme. Do you think that Bill English would have made the commitment he did on child poverty, whether it would have been indeed in the foreground as an issue if she hadn't taken the stand she did? Good question. Perhaps not. I don't know. Ben, your concluding thoughts for us on the election 2017? What a wild ride it's been. <laughs> um, look, a lot of people are going to be pretty disappointed tomorrow. Um, New Zealand first, the Greens would have been looking at high double digits mm. results, or high teens results at least, at the you know, 10 weeks ago, even mm. 8 weeks ago. Mm. Um, National and Labour have a lot of reasons to be happy, whatever happens. Um, Bill English has really grown during the campaign. I think, you know, uh, you know, in the words of American commentators, you know, this is when he became Prime Minister. Mm. Um, I think um, Jacinda Ardern has really revived Labour to a point w- which none of them could have hoped for mm. or even dared dream of. Um, you know, wh- whether they're in opposition as again re-established as a large party in the high 30s um, with a host of new people that would come in if they even even on yeah so, some, some, some some very welcome replenishment um, and in a strong position against what will mm. be you know probably a fourth term government that you know will just have to start looking pretty rickety um, but I think really the real election victory is the time we've spent together yeah. oh, and yeah. the journey yeah. mm. 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 Definitely, it's been beautiful. Um, thank you for that, Ben. That was that was very nicely put. Um, uh, we we will return and talk again, but for now it's um, Kakitiano. Uh, thank you, Annabelle. Thank you. Good Toby. luck. Good thank luck, you. mate. Thank you. Um, ben and I will be by your side in the uh, when you. You got to be my labor, support, people. If, if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It, take, it takes an entire internet to raise a child. That's all right. If there's some of that laughing gas, that's good, yeah. We'll yep. get into a bit of that. Yeah. Um, thanks, Madeline. Um, Mad Chapman um, twiddling the knobs for us and generally being an excellent person. Read her material on the spinoff.co.nz, NZ, News.ZB. And follow, this follow is her on News Twitter. ZB. Um, it's been fun. We'll catch you again before long. Um, Fired up. Ready to go. 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 Kia ora e te iwi. Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.